On today's episode of the Christian Indie Writers Podcast, we are talking self-editing, so you're going to want to be part of this conversation. Welcome to the Christian Indie Writers Podcast, where we inform, encourage, and support Christian indie authors on their journey to publication. My name is Jamie Hirschberger, and I write short fiction under the pen name J.R. Nichols. I'm Jennifer Carl Tong, and I write historical Christian romance, and I make the podcast late. (laughs) (laughs) For those of you that are live with us, I was obsessing over a character name that I couldn't remember, and I was like, I'm not going to be able to start until I figure this out. So, yeah, and uh, fortunately, we were able to solve that mystery and we'll solve another mystery. Yes. <laughs> For you may say, wait a second, does this podcast only have two hosts? And if what? it does only have two hosts, why is it like two different hosts? Um, and yeah, we're having technical difficulties for poor Miss Bambina Katane. Christina Katane is um, the third usual suspect on the podcast with us, and she is unable to join us because of some technical stuff. So um, just... But the good news is she's in Washington visiting her mother. Yes! It's great for her. So we're happy that she's there. We're not at all upset that... You know, she uses her mother and her son's wedding. I mean, just all of these trifling excuses. True. This is very <laughs> true. Hmm. Oh, man. Um, so anyway, I'm back. I was absent last week. And of course, we're all still praying for our fourth wonderful host, Rhonda. If you all would just keep her in your prayers, because we're hoping to get some news of uh, recovery and a return to the podcast. We hope and pray. Want to say good morning to those of you listening to us wherever, if you are um, ears only with us on one of the many platforms where you can find the podcast. And also good morning to those who join us at 10 a.m. Eastern on YouTube. We have Barbara with us today. Hello. And Piper. Hi, Piper. And good morning to Leah Banneke, Pioneers in Petticoats. Good morning to all of you and good morning to everyone, wherever you are. We start each episode with a segment called What's Up? It's where we check in with one another to find out what's going on in our personal lives. So, Jen, what's up with you today? I am got, let me see, if you're watching, I don't know if you will see, I just scrubbed and scrubbed and scrubbed. I have blue paint on me because we are painting our house and we Mm. are not done yet. We thought, oh, two days, Max. (laughs) Mm -hmm. No, I always Mm -hmm. underestimate projects. But um, my basis on what my father had told me and he's helping us. It was my brother, my husband, myself, my father and my girls have been very helpful. And we're still not even we're not done. So that's what I've been doing. But we're taking today off of painting because we have decided we're going to go to Lake Huron for the day. Ooh. So it was my dad's suggestion. And um, my daughter is trying to get um, miles in. In mi- the state of Michigan, you have to have 50 miles, 50 hours of driving in before you get, you can go to stage two of your <gasps> A driving. teen driver in your family. Oh my goodness. And everyone's like, oh, that'll be easy. And I'm like, that's a lot. 50 hours. A lot. Oh, no, it'll be easy. Oh, yeah, it's not easy. It's it takes it's hard to get 50 hours in. And so um, my dad earlier this summer, 
my dad had, I had suggested with my dad, we had talked about it because we went on one little day trips for her to get hours. I'm like, we should once a week pick a location in Michigan and do a day trip. Um, because there's so many great, beautiful places in Michigan and so many places my girls have never been. And so we, then my mother's health went downhill. Yes. And um, so we're just kind of still feeling like we're just kind of coming out of that cloud of losing her. Of course. And so my dad suggested Lake Huron and I'm always willing to go to one of the Great Lakes. And so we're going to go grab lunch there after the podcast, go to the beach, and then we're going to drive up the thumb probably hit Lexington, which is another beautiful town in Michigan that has a great beach and a great little burger shack there. We'll probably do dinner there and then come home. So a whole afternoon, evening doing that. So I'm actually looking forward to doing that. Like, it'll be great. And she's driving the whole way. Oh my goodness. That's like, I'm sorry, but it's really hard for me to wrap my head around the fact that you have one that's old enough to drive because, you know, I came down here four years ago now and Mm -hmm. that was not the case when I left. And even though the the days are long, but the years are short, isn't that true? Yes, and you're, they're all eventually going to be driving. And something about having your own child driving just refreshes in your mind how dangerous the whole mm. predicament is. I feel like yeah. I don't even want to drive now because I've convinced myself this is a 2,000 pound weapon that's barreling down the highway at 60 miles. You know what I mean? Yes. And it's when you have to like, look. I learned how to drive. I'm a completely competent driver and my child is way more equipped for life than I ever was at her age. And it's going to be fine. They don't want to crash either. Right. You have to remind yourself. Right. Right. So add to that the fact that so my vehicle, I don't know if I shared this or not. My vehicle died on the way home from vacation when we came back from on the side of M23 or, you know, the highway 23. Um, and then within a week, my husband's vehicle didn't completely die, but it got to the point where it's like the mechanics, like don't put any more money in. and it's not an old car. It's a new one. He's like, you need to trade this vehicle in. Yeah. So we went from having two vehicles down to nothing. And then we ended up because we had bought the fifth wheel. We bought this monster truck. That's why I keep calling it a monster <laughs> truck. It is, it is a, um, a Ram, a Dodge or no, or a Ram. 2500 it it is a beast of a truck like you, you have to use the side steps to get into it um and so we went from having these vehicles she could drive to this big thing that she's like ah. <laughs> so my dad's vehicle is an suv but it's a smallish one it's kind of more sure. like a minivan kind of size but a little bit bigger than a minivan um but i did i have made her drive the truck um but i've been having nightmares about car accidents of course <laughs> ever since yeah. i had to drive it cuz it's huge it is big i will admit it's big but i don't want her to be afraid of driving big vehicles i just feel like especially in michigan here you got to have a four wheel drive in the winters here like just to be safer and so and good for you because you know allowing our children to experience risk is how they grow mm-hmm. and it's really a difficult thing to do you would rather bubble wrap them and say nah you don't need to drive i can drive you everywhere you need to go for the rest of your life <laughs> i know like college, that be so much you easier? don't need college marriage oh stay with mommy <laughs> i know 100% but i know that's not healthy for her or for me so right piper says i've taught my daughters and my younger sister to drive now i have anxiety riding in <laughs> with others lol for real i know for real and you know it's like that tire comes off and catches the gravel and you're like oh we're all gonna die but you have to be like okay 
go more. You know what I mean? Like the whole thing that you have to do to be like the good teacher. Uh, mm -hmm. Yeah. Look who mm -hmm. else is in the chat. Christina ah! Katane says, now keep in mind, everybody, she's on the West Coast. So she's three hours behind us. So it is early morning there. I'm Chris, so happy she got up to be with us. Me too. We, we miss you, Tina. Uh, her son, Chris, always says a car is 3,000 pound rocket that he has to be in control of. Yeah, it's very true. How comforting true. for a mother's heart. <laughs> Thanks, Thanks a lot, Tina. Chris. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, All right, Jamie, goodness. what's up with you? Enough about me. What's up with you? Oh, um, I have once again, a stoicism um, quote to compare with the Bible. And I decided today to try to uh, go with the theme of making mistakes because of the nature of the topic of our episode today. Ah. So I decided, you know, what did the Stoics say about mistakes? And Marcus Aurelius said, if anyone can refute me, show me I am making a mistake or looking at things from the wrong perspective, I'll gladly change. It's the truth I'm after. And the mm -hmm. truth never harmed anyone. And wouldn't you know, I closed the window that had the Bible quote in it, but, um, oh, maybe I have it. Oh, here we go. And then the Bible quote that I selected is Proverbs 28, 13. He that covereth his sins shall not prosper, but whoso confesseth and forsaketh them shall have mercy. So I guess the, um, the message is, uh, clear from anywhere that you're looking at how to deal with mistakes. Like, what do you learn from them? Right. Mm -hmm. What do you don't you learn better when you actually make a mistake than if you went through and did everything perfectly all the time? How would you ever learn anything? Yeah, absolutely agree. And that kind of so what Tina said here actually goes along with what I was about to say, too. She says he refuses to drive, meaning her son. It gives him panic attacks. So when I was 17, maybe 18, I got in a little car accident. I put my car in the ditch. And if you know where I'm from out here in the country, like my car literally landed in the ditch. No damage ever was done. The car, like that's how big the ditches are here because we live in the country, mm -hmm. except this farm had a barbed wire fence mm -hmm. and it gouged the top of my car. And my car was a new car because my parents both worked for General Motors and it had been a company car. And long story short, I was a 16 year old with a brand new car, which never, ever happens. I know this. But my dad refused to fix it. And it always made my mom angry because she's like, we, this is a new car. It has insurance. And my dad refused because every time I got in the car, I could see that damage. Mm. And to him, and I look back and I appreciate that about him. At the time, it was embarrassing because everyone could see the damage, right? Mm -hmm. So every time I drew this, I was so proud of this, maybe even arrogant about this new car that I would mm -hmm. drive to school every day. It was a reminder that everybody's infallible you're going to make mistakes mm -hmm. and you, you need to be more careful like with driving and stuff. And so when you, what you were saying there reminding me of that, that like, yeah, like you're going to make mistakes. Like that's just life. That's just how, but you learn from them. And I learned from that. And I am, I would say I'm a very good driver now, but had that not happened, I don't know if it I would be a good driver. Or so, you may have had an even worse, like it yeah. maybe slowed you down or straightened you up a little to prevent you from getting into a worse jam in the future. Right. So yeah. my, my, what I would say to Christopher is that you're, you're going to be scared. Everybody is, you're going to have some anxiety. Everybody is, and you're probably going to have an accident. I, there's mm -hmm. very few people in the world have never had an accident, but the majority of accidents are little fender benders and you'll learn from it just like everything else. Right. So that's a good point, but he's not my child. So it's a lot easier. 
<laughs> hey, we can. Here's here's Tina's. What's up? What's up? Suffering here in the beautiful Pacific Northwest. Yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> so suffering. Harvesting plums for my mom's plum tree, and forced to be a taste tester. Harvesting cucumbers, harvesting fresh blackberries, harvesting. Yeah, I don't want to hear it anymore, Tina. <laughs> Sounds like a great time with your mom. That's really awesome. I it is harvest plums. time, and it is a beautiful time to be in Michigan. You're going to just have such a great day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm really yeah. envious. Michigan in the summer is tremendous. It's so beautiful. And most kids have gone back to school. And so as homeschoolers, we're like, you know how it is. Like, mm-hmm. It's going to be very, the beach will be empty and yet it's still summer. You know, it's going to be really great for us. So I'm very excited about it. I love it. All right. Well, I think it's probably time to transition into the topic du jour. Wouldn't you agree? Absolutely. And today we're talking about um, mistakes in a roundabout way. We're talking about fixing them in your manuscript. So real briefly, let's have a discussion as to why we're doing this topic. And uh, yeah, you can start, Jen. Yeah. So like, (laughs) if you're in any Facebook groups with me, any writers Facebook groups, which chances are pretty good. A lot of you are even our listeners because um we all kind of tend to overlap in these different groups. Um, You've probably seen me go on and, and, and try to politely tell somebody about their book cover or about um, their, their, there's different things that they're doing because I'm trying, like, I, I feel like it's because this is kind of why we do this podcast too. I feel like there are a lot of new writers that, that don't put the time and effort or the, the things that they need to do to put their book out. Okay. So that sounds very judgmental, but honestly, like I have come across so many people that are upset with their editors because um, I paid this person this much money and there's still mistakes. And my question to them always is how clean of a document did you give them? Because there's only so much an editor can do if you give them like your first draft, which I think that as new writers, we all assume that that's what you do. That you write the book because that's what isn't that what every movie does? Every movie mm-hmm. that shows a writer, the writer finishes on a typewriter, pulls the last page <laughs> off, and they send it off to their their book company or editor. That's not how it works, and that's how it shouldn't work. And so, so we started this conversation, the three of us, and uh, one of the things we we started talking about. Well, maybe we should have another self editing episode, and we talked about how we all do it differently. And so then. I was like, well, then how are we going to make this into an episode? And then Jamie and Tina both agreed that if you were a newbie and you didn't know where to start, that the process that I use is basically mostly the most checklisty of the ones. It's the most accessible. Like it gives you an actual, here's how to do it Mm -hmm. because it needs to be done. Yes. Kind of what you're saying. And I will add to your, just because You'll be disappointed with the results if you don't do it. I will say you're going to save a lot of money if yes. you do do it. Because the the more of a mess your work is when you fork it over to somebody to work on it, the more hours and time they're going to have to spend. And prices for editing fluctuate and vary. And no matter when you're listening to this episode, it's gonna you're going to find different results of what people will charge you. But most good editors will ask you to send a sample and then they will give you a quote based on the sample you're sending them. And the cleaner Mm -hmm. your document is, the less work it is for your editor. And therefore, the more money you will save 
if you are someone who has to pay for that service. Yeah, because you don't want to pay for like them to work on your commas and your misspellings. And like when you can, with, with taking the time, you can handle that stuff before it even goes to them. You don't want to pay for that. I would also add that if you are not planning to pay for an editor, but you're looking to do like switching it with another writer um, or somebody's volunteered to edit for you or even beta readers, you're still going to want to do this work beforehand because you want to keep that person doing it for you. If you send something sloppy to the other person, they're not going to want to keep editing for you. Because it's hard. It's It's really hard. Both Jamie and and I have edited for people. It is hard work. I don't do it anymore because it's too hard for me. It's just too, it's too exhausting. And uh, Jamie is very selective. Um, Luckily she has, is uh, finished out my series for me. And I really, really appreciate her (laughs) for that. Um, But yeah, it is hard. And so we thought it would be good for us to go through and go through my, what I do, my checklist. So that if you're new to this, or you have written books and have like are having trouble getting people to edit for you, or you've paid a lot for editing because you've not done the proper work. Here are the steps that you should do before you ever consider sending this off, your writing off to your editor. Yes, yes. And so what, um, so let's pretend, uh, you know, you're not writing a typewriter, Jen, but let's pretend you pushed, you hit save or push or yeah, you're done. Right. Get the story written, right? Right, yes. So there you are. Like you're the person in the movie, last page. Right. Because and the reason I put this as the first is like, because again, I'm going to say that all all of four of us on the show edit differently. We write differently. So this is my process. Mm -hmm. But I get the story written. If I come to a point where I need to do some research, I don't stop for the research. If I get to a point where I I can't, I don't really know what word I want right there, but I want to keep going. What I do where I need to put research or I want to, um, put a different word in. I put like a bunch of X's, capital X's in a row. So that when I come to that page, it's super obvious that there's something missing there. Yes. And, that, and again, Jen is a plotter. So she knows exactly what to write. But so, there's still going to come yes. times that you just, you're at a standstill. Where you're like, I don't know. Don't let that just stop the creativity. Going. Just keep mm-hmm. going. So that's really the first step I do for editing yep. is I just get the story done without stopping a whole lot. Yep. So, NaNoWriMo is great for that. It really is. It really is. So once I finish the story, I walk away from it. Now, it's so hard. Oh, it is because like you you're want to show it to everyone. I know. Well, I don't. I know how bad it is at that point. So I don't know that I want to show it, but I want to like be like done. Like I'm well, like, now but... I'm thinking of when I was like brand new. Oh yes, because when yes. you're brand new, you've written something, especially yes. if it's a whole book. Yes. And you think, I can't wait to share this with everybody. And you're proud mm-hmm. of yourself. And you should be. It is a huge accomplishment to finish a book. Yeah. So yes, pat yourself on the back, but walk away, walk away. Mm-hmm. for a minimum of two weeks to about a month. Much I've learned because I've walked away for longer periods than that because I get involved in writing another book. And that's not good either because then you're too far away from the, the story and the characters. Walk away two weeks to a month to give yourself some space. Because here's what happens is that I will sit down to edit and I still think that things are there that aren't there. Your brain just puts them in. Yes. So you're not clear enough minded to be able to do it right away. You can move on to other things, though. Don't stop your process towards your career. Um, I start outlining the next book or I even move on to writing the next book if if I've already outlined it. Um, But walk away. Very good. the next thing is this is when their editing really starts is the read through number one. Cause yes, we do more than one edit before we send it off to the editor. 
I, this is where I stop at all the problems. This is where I stop at all the X's. If I get to a place where I don't know where the word is, I don't move on until I get that clean enough to where I've put the word in that I wanted or the idea that I wanted. I don't move on. That's where I stop. If I get to a point where I need to do research, I stop the editing and I go do the research. This is where all the X's stop me. And I go through this. So this is probably takes the longest is this first read through. Um, I do look for common mistakes. I look for um, plot holes. A lot of times I will come across something like, wait a minute, they can't go for a walk. It's the middle of winter or things like that. <laughs> things that you that you never saw when you wrote it the first time that you will find those kind of things there for sure. So, so when is, you stop at all the problems, do you fix them? Or, yes. Yes. Okay. Yes. Mm-hmm. So the, when I go through and I write the story, I'm getting the story out. Mm-hmm. But this is where I stop. Every mm-hmm. single problem, you stop and you don't move on to the next one until you solve that problem. Got it. And sometimes when you get later in the book, you realize, oh, nuts. I got to go back and fix that. Another problem I didn't think was a problem, but it's a plot hole or an issue. Like, for instance, um, well, I've said that he can't go back to his job because he's been fired. But earlier, like he doesn't tell anyone that he's fired. So how how are they going to, when they find out, like whatever. So Mm -hmm. you always will find things like that. So that's the first read through. Read through number two, I should have made it read through number two, is a computer AI read through. Now here's what I mean by this. I take, I write in Scrivener. Scrivener is a great um, software, especially if you're starting out and it's very priced, very reasonably. I think it's like, um, $50, but if you win NaNoWriMo, you get it for like 25. It's something like that. Um, I write in Scrivener and then I compile it into a Microsoft word document. That way I can have Microsoft word read it aloud to me with the computer voice. Now it's not exciting and it's not going to put like inflection in places, but what it will do is as it's reading, it'll like, pause for commas and it'll stop for periods and you'll be surprised how many missed commas you will find because it doesn't sound right in a sentence <laughs> that should have a comma and it yeah. doesn't the computer just reads it through and you're like oh no that's not right and you can go in and fix it also i have a problem with the word breath and breathe like that's mm, one of the two words i've seen I, that yeah with my writing like, no i'm I, saying like other people also i'm saying you're not alone mm-hmm. yeah and so I look at the word and I think it's the right word, but when the computer reads it and it's not the right word, then I, and that's not the only one there's other. Yeah. And the spell check won't catch that because they're both words. Mm -hmm. Because they're both words. Exactly. And so um, it'll, it'll find things like that. Plus it just helps to hear another version of your story, not just it in your head to hear it out loud. If you don't have Microsoft word, you can make your document into a PDF and open that PDF in Microsoft Edge. Um, you should be able to put that on any, whether you have a Mac or a PC, you should be able to download that that app. And P- Microsoft Edge will read PDFs aloud to you as well. Also, Google Docs, you can have it read to you. You, you should Google how to do <laughs> Google. You should Google <laughs> how to do that so that um, it'll show you how to do it. It's a little bit more of a process, but I have found with Google Docs, I would rather make it into, save it as a PDF and have Microsoft Edge read it to me. Uh, it's a little bit easier for me to do that, but you can have them it read to you. I think so. that your point is clear. At the end of the day, pick your favorite method and have the bot read it to you. 
And I love what you're saying about, especially the run on sentences and commas and things Mm -hmm. will become way clearer and the correct use of words. Very good advice. Right. Christina Catane says, I just discovered the other day that you can connect Google Docs with Scrivener. What you change in one in one is changed simultaneously in the other. That's amazing. I didn't know you could do that. That's That's exciting news. Especially if you're more comfortable in Docs. Yes, because I remember it was like linked with Dropbox, but um, I was not ever really a Dropbox person. So that's really good that it'll do Google Docs. I link mine into Dropbox um, and it saves everything automatically. And if Mm -hmm. I'm not connected to the internet, it saves it to my computer. And the minute I connect to the internet, it saves it for me. So I used to write exclusively Microsoft Word and then copy and paste in Scrivener just for layout stuff. And I lost too many documents Mm -hmm. from my computer shutting down. and So horrible. I lost a, a whole lot of, I gave up on Rhino, Rhino Nano, right? Is that right? <laughs> it doesn't even sound right in my head anymore. Nano Rhino. Nano, that's right, because I said it wrong. <laughs> I need more coffee. <laughs> I gave up once one year on Nano Rhino because I lost document and it was enough to like be so disappointing that I just walked away from the whole process that year. Mm-hmm. So, okay. All right. So after the computer AI read through, um, then I actually read my manuscript out loud. Now yourself. Yes. So now we are three edits in people, three edits in. I read it aloud myself mm-hmm. because even after listening to it read to me while I'm following along, even after reading through myself uh, the first time, I still find mistakes when I read it aloud. I either read it aloud to myself. I used to read it to my husband when we had like the same schedule and he wasn't working nights. Um, It doesn't matter. You can read it to your dog. I don't care. You just need to read it out loud and it will make a huge difference for you. Can I just ask you, do you have any prescribed amount of time you put between these steps or just, you know, boom, boom, boom. Okay. Got it. After I've walked away for two weeks to a month, Boom, boom, boom. I do, do them right after I want to know because now it's fresh in my mind. The corrections are being made. Um, and yeah, I do them right one after another. Um, Leah says, I love the read aloud feature. I always use it in one of my edits. It helps me hear mistakes I miss. Mm-hmm. Piper also says, I do not use AI read through as I do. She use, does. Sorry. Yeah. AI mm-hmm. read through as well. This plan sounds very similar to my method, although I don't have a checklist I work from. And Christina says, I write in Google Docs and then copy paste to Scrivener. It was nice to have it already there. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, Very cool. All right. So after that final read through, then I, here are some additional things that I'm going to be adding into my process. And I say that after that, use an editing software. Now, um, Pro Writing Aid, you can use it for free. If you do chapter by chapter, if you want it to read your entire document, I believe you have to get a subscription. And there is a positive to that because it, if, if it reads your entire document, it can tell you if there are certain words that you overuse. It can tell you that within a chapter too, but um, it can tell you throughout the whole document. I just do it chapter by chapter when I have used it. Um, it does help point out a few things. It also, because I write historical, it sometimes even though like I've chosen the, the AI telling up that I write historical, it still sometimes gets hung up on things that, that it shouldn't get hung up on, but it is another help for you. Another layer to help save you money with your editor. Mm-hmm. For um, sure. 
And then Tina had suggested this that she had just discovered as well with Grammarly. And I've downloaded, I haven't used it yet, but Grammarly will, they have an extension that will side by side with your uh, Google Docs. It will give you suggestions and show you corrections as you're typing. So I think that's a really great thing too, because I do it within Scrivener and Microsoft Word, it automatically shows me corrections that I need to make. And I do stop for that. So I guess I should have clarified that earlier. If I go through it automatically, it shows me there's a misspelling. I will fix that. I don't stop. I don't just, you know, barrel through it, but I don't stop for like the big problems, if that makes sense. So Mm -hmm. that's another thing that you might want to try out when you're editing. And then the final thing is, um, which we used to always do because we had writing buddies, is beta readers or writing buddy. Now, you can choose to do this step after it's gone to your editor, or you can choose to do it beforehand. So I included it because there are some reasons why you might want to choose beforehand, again, to help clean it up before you're paying for the edit. Um, Also, you might want to just to have somebody like a beta reader who reads in your genre might be able to give you some advice that an editor may not give you who maybe isn't familiar with your genre. I use one beta reader and I use mine after it goes to the editor and I use her because she is an avid Christian romance reader and she is a friend of mine who will tell me about like if I'm hitting the tropes or if there's something that like is um, because let's be honest, if you don't read romance and then you read romance, you might think some things are a little bit like eh, far fetched or that no, no one would expect that. But as a romance reader, it's exactly what you expect. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. So I use my beta reader mostly for that process, though I have gotten some feedback for missing like a word missing or like a punctuation problem that she's come across, even after all this editing, there's still going to be problems. So you need to understand that too. So that's why you need an editor. That's why you need an editor. Right. Mm -hmm. But not to do all of this heavy lifting beforehand. Right. So So it it is heavy lifting, but look at how much money you would save, right? Yes, for sure. And I just want to talk a little bit here because I see a lot of writers saying Grammarly and pro writing aid and, um, Jennifer, you were an English teacher for a while. Mm -hmm. Um, And so, of course, it would be like a given that you have a really good handle on the mechanics. Mm -hmm. What do you feel about just in general um, brushing up on all of that just as a separate, like instead of binging a series on Netflix, How about you actually learn the stuff that you should have paid more attention to when you were in high school? Because a lot of times we have to do Grammarly or pro writing aid to catch things that we might catch if we just were to invest the time in becoming better uh, constructors of the language ourselves. Does that make sense? Yes. Absolutely agree with that. And no judgment because maybe you weren't taught it properly. Right. I mean, every school and every teacher would be different. Um, I worked in an at-risk school and found it difficult sometimes to be able to teach some of those things when we really had to like, with some students go back farther back in where the mechanics should have been taught, if that makes sense. And so um, it just really depends on everyone's situation. But yes, at this point, if you want to be a professional writer, You should invest the time in learning those things if they don't come to you naturally. Even Tina was saying, because they don't, Tina admitted they don't come to her naturally. It's something that she like 
Like she mentioned that both Jamie and I seem to see things that she doesn't see and it doesn't come naturally to her. But since she started using that Grammarly extension and it fixes it as she's writing, she's learning. Right. She's coming to learn what some of the like conventions are and some of the things that you're the way you're supposed to do things, even down to punctuation. Um, she's learning those things because of this Grammarly app. So I'm excited to use it to see if it would be something that um, I would also be able to say, yes, everyone should use this. But I agree. I think that you should um, spend the time to learn this craft because you are making a career out of it. People aren't particular about grammar and punctuation because they're just trying to give you a hard time or they're just looking for a way to dog your book. At the end of the day, these things make the difference between a readable and enjoyable experience where the reader is lost in your story and forgets that there are words on paper that they are reading. Mm -hmm. And if you get the mechanics wrong, there's room for a little bit of a trip. Because again, if you've done the job of creating characters people are invested in, their eyes too will miss the things that three rounds of edits have missed, right? Mm -hmm. But if you don't have the basics down, the words can't disappear for the reader. You can't get them invested the way you want them to be in your story. And why would you put that roadblock between your reader and your story if there's a way to prevent that? I agree. I absolutely agree. Um, plus, you'll you'll notice I put the, the editing software down towards the bottom of the list. It's like the second to last thing because I think that like, it is very important and it should be like done before you send it off. I do agree that it's why wouldn't you do it? Like it's just an extra step. It's extra time, but it will help. But I do think, like you said, you have to learn it. You have to learn what your the the conventions are and you need to learn how to, to do your own editing. That's why I put it at the end. It should be the final cleanup. If you try to do pro writing aid right after your first edit, it's going to be a lot harder for you. And I think that people in the chat would agree with us is because, um, it will, you're going to see, first of all, you're going to see all kinds of red. Even I would, as someone who's a former English teacher, there'd be all kinds of red. And like I say red, it's not really, it's different colors. Um, but also because it's trying, to, it's not going to capture everything you think it's going to capture. It only has so much power as, you know, artificial intelligence. And so a lot of the things that you'll catch through the process that I use Pro writing aid is not going to catch. It should just be the final polishing up at the end. It shouldn't be the only thing you use. And I hear about a lot of authors that, that they write, throw it in pro writing aid, and then they send it off. And then they're mad at their editor because they missed mistakes. Well, it's probably because there are thousands and, <laughs> and they can only do so much for the amount of money you're paying them. Well, and we should also talk a little bit that there's different kinds of editing too. You can't, yes. I mean, you know, it's another discussion. We've covered it before, but you can't, uh, send someone a document and expect them to fix the bones of your story and the plot holes and all of those things. And also never miss the fact that you put breath instead of breathe or never miss the fact that you didn't put a comma somewhere because right. again, editing is hard work and editors earn every cent that they charge you. So you, you not only get what you pay for, but you can't expect to get more than what you pay for at the same time. Um, a proofreader is not an editor. Do you know what yes. I mean? 
Agreed. And then we called this episode, um, I don't remember, uh, getting your piece ready for the editor. So like this is the early stage, right? And then it's going to go to the editor. And guess what? When it comes back, you're going to have corrections to make. And then you make those corrections. And then guess what? Now you're ready for a copy editor. When I go through this process, I make those corrections and then I get it put into book form. And I have a, um, I'll show you what it looks like. I have them right here. Like a proof you would call it? Yes, you get a proof. They're down here. So when you get a proof of your novel, it comes like this and you can see, you know, I get mine from Amazon. I guess I could get them from Ingram Spark too. It's just easier to get them from Amazon. It says not for resale on it. And then I'm also going to show you, look at all those. That's my copy editor. With after like, now I, she's commas and and stuff, right? All the fine tuning. Yep. And let me show you. And that's after Fiji. going through all these steps and having an editor read it. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. And me being a former former English teacher. So let me just tell you, like that that that's me. And yeah, not... it doesn't mean there's something wrong with you. Yes, exactly. That's what You're, I was trying to get like, at. Like our my stoic quote said. What is the harm in on on revealing the truth? It's just going to make your book better. Thank goodness you caught those mistakes and are fixing them because then you'll have a better final product. Because don't we want people to get immersed in our stories and not be hung up on the fact that there's missing words and things being not what they could be? I love my characters. I want everyone to love my characters. I don't want them to get caught in the fact that I misspelled something or that like I left out half a sentence because of a accidental like deleting in the process of doing my formatting. So yes, absolutely agree. Leah says, and I know we're missing a bunch of chat. Um, she says, yes, I'm a good storyteller, but grammar and rules are not my strength, but I've taken the time to learn my craft and get a system that helps me polish everything up. Yes. And whoops. Tina says, yes, Leah, I love to tell stories of the way words sound put, when put together in a beautiful way, but punctuation eludes me. Um, Piper says you need extra support and cannot simply do it yourself, but invest in editing if that is the case. You don't necessarily need to be great at the written language to be a good storyteller. Um, yes, I agree, but I also think that you can also put the time in to learn it, like Jamie had suggested. Well, and a storyteller, think of that word. If we were sitting around a campfire and you were telling me a story, I would not be distracted by the missing commas. The art form that we're doing is the written word. And when your story will, there is a visual component and your brain has to process visual words and, and tell your, your craft of those dots and characters on the page are what is doing the storytelling for you. So mm-hmm. it's, you can be an excellent storyteller, but the mechanics will put bumps in the road and will disguise the fact that you are a great storyteller, you see. So right. um, not not at all, like totally agreeing, hire someone to do mm-hmm. it for you if it's not your forte. Because again, if, if you've got a good story and people are, are going to want to read it, Get, get all of the roadblocks out of the way for them. I agree. And that was the second half of this comment. She said, sometimes there can be a block in a subject too. I know someone who had extra classes, tutoring, et cetera, in math, yet mm-hmm. still struggles using math. English can be the same and it's okay to know. I agree. Yep. 100% agree. 100%. That's why, again, mm-hmm. if you're like that, you're the type of person that needs a checklist, right? You probably need to go through this process the way that we do until it become and get it as clean as you can. And then that's why you hire an editor correct? Yeah. So all we're saying is that um, if you don't go through a process, if you don't spend the time uh, 
putting some time and effort into your editing, you're going to spend way more money or you're going to lose your editor. I've heard of that too. People just don't want to keep editing for someone who doesn't put the time in. So. Yeah. Well, I think that covers the topic. Don't you think so? I think so. All right. And now it's time to move on to everybody's favorite part of the podcast, which is the feeding of the backs. The what? Well, that is a ridiculous phrase, but it comes from the feedback expression. So if you um, like write a piece and then everybody gives you feedback, well, I have an inclination to say, is your back well fed? In other words, can we move on to the next person or do you need more rounds of applause or do you need more help with your piece? Because we used to give positive and negative feedback in our writing group. But on Fridays at the Christian Indie Writers Podcast, it's only positive. Yay. (laughs) And so I love Fridays because we set a timer for 15 minutes and write, write, write according to a sprint prompt. And after the 15 minutes is up, we bring those pieces to you without editing. And we say, please don't be mean to me because this is not been through our checklist process. It has not. It has not. And so uh, do not fire me as a client or whatever, um, but give me compliments. Give me compliments. That is what Friday is all about. And um, is it okay if I have you go first, Uh, even though it's just you and I, Jen, just because it's totally fine. Keeping with tradition and you can tell everybody what our fabulous prompt of the day was. So it was Friday. So a free for all Friday. So I got to choose that it was going to be five words because that's always my favorite. So (laughs) our five words were dance, mayor, brave, gorilla, and so. And I only used two of the words. I was trying to get to the the, uh, at least a third word. And I just didn't get there. Let's clarify gorilla, not the animal, the warfare. G-U-E-R-I. Are they spelled different? Yes. G-O-R-I. You're right. They are spelled different. Well, I'm glad I didn't try to use it because I didn't even (laughs) notice that. See, I'm telling you, you need an editor. You need an editor, even if you're an English teacher. Exactly. (laughs) Um, And so I am continuing in my world, uh, the next book that I'm supposed to write as soon as I finish editing this one. So we're back to Cade and Colleen. Ooh, goody. All right. Now, woman, I'm not about to dance around the subject. You're mad at me. No denying that. I have no idea what you're talking about, Colleen said, picking up the broom and violently sweeping at dirt that wasn't there. So you're just going to act like nothing's amiss? Amiss? She spat over her shoulder. How could anything be amiss? I'm not your keeper. What you do in your free time has not to do with me. Free time? This woman wasn't making any sense. Kate had done little but sleep in his free time since moving into the McGuire bunkhouse. He hadn't even taken a day off except for a couple, the couple he took this week to go to town. Then it hit him. Did Colleen know he had checked on her husband's debts? Listen, Mrs. McGuire, I know I shouldn't have. That's between you and the Lord, she huffed, whirling around to see him. I do not pay you, so how you spend your money is your choosing. How I spend my money, Kate asked. This wasn't about his investigations. You're not making any sense. Stop the pretenses, Mr. McNeil. I am well acquainted with what happens at the falling butterfly, as my husband's debt can attest to. Don't treat me like I'm some foolish airheaded woman who can be lied to. Three, two, one. Yay, he was checking on her debt. Yay. Don't we all like this outcome? That makes me happy. Okay, I missed last week. Did you already reveal this last week? No. Like, (laughs) All right, so the reason we were late, everybody, is because I went 
I could not remember his last name. <laughs> like he's my character. <laughs> and it was driving me crazy. And so we we're trying to like backtrack. And so I'm like, I just wrote about this um this saloon. So I kept going. It wasn't last week. It was like three or four weeks ago, but it yeah. felt like it was last week. And anyway, um, while we were doing what's up and different things. I actually found it in my Scrivener and it was McNeil, not McDaniel. And I'm so glad I found it. I, <laughs> I'm I glad you so found silly. it too. McNeil, it would have bothered me. Right. It would have yes. bothered me all day long. So and Shell, uh, Christina says, wait, you can't stop there. And Shell says, Oh goody, Jen. That's so perfect. Ah, go He's checking on her debts. What an amazing reason for him to be there. And all of us who are trying to like give him an honorable reason, like, uh, that that makes me very happy. I wasn't. I, love it. I wasn't sure which um, disaster this was going to be, um, but I think it works best as my mid disaster. So, like, yeah, otherwise, it seems reasonably overcomable. It's really yes. just a, a mistaken. Yeah, like mm-hmm. it would be really juicy for this to be the last one and her to walk away from him thinking he's just like her husband. Mm-hmm. Right. But I think that it's better like to to solve the problem faster it to be so it can reveal more about like, oh, now he gets why she's acting, why she's acting. They I'm, it's going to be a better fight than this. They'll have a big fight. They'll probably end in a kiss, you know, so like it'll be, be better this way. So um. Piper says, oh, that was fantastic. LOL. What you do with your own time between you and the Lord's Lord. So good. Thanks. (laughs) Tina says, I need to know if he's going to fess up or let her think he's a cad. Oh. That's like toy with her. That's kind of fun. Yeah. Well, you know how men like me are. Or he could just be angry that she she followed him. Like we could go that route and this could make the argument last longer. Could be like be easier and like how could you like even think that I would be that way? And then he'd be like all offended. Yeah. Yeah. And then then he has to fess up what he was actually doing in town. This is how you learn about your characters. Mm -hmm. So does he let her think that? He's a cad so that he can continue with his plans to see that's the problem the debt. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. she can't find out that he's trying to like Solve at this, this point. Yeah. Well, is he or is he trying to buy the property from her still? Oh, like, is, yeah. You see what I'm saying? So like mm-hmm. that I gotta figure that out. So that will really de- finding figuring out what his real motive is will tell me where this is gonna go in the story. Um, because at the end he buys her property and she thinks she's out, but she doesn't know who's bought the property and, and he buys it in her name Mm. instead of like, buy like the bank's going to foreclose. And instead of like him buying it out from under her, he buys it, but in her name so that she owns it outright. Right. So like they foreclose on her husband. Yes. Kind of deal. Mm -hmm. Yes. Because it. it was really her money that it was bought with because it was her dowry. But yeah, he, you know, yeah. So interesting. Uh, or maybe he'd rather she think he was in there instead of admitting he was investigating. Right. Like, what's right. the worst of the two evils? Ooh, this is good stuff. Like, I don't know yet. I don't know because I haven't really plotted this one. <laughs> like, I, I've plotted the others. This one, I kept thinking, all right, I, I'll plot it later because I have all these little things I've written. I'll have to go figure out how it all works together. And I don't know. So, this is like me. This is going to be terrible having to go back and plot this because I know I can't write it this way. Like I'm This not, is why you plot. Work. This is why I plot. I need yes. to. Mm-hmm. So, but it's still discoverability. Like I plot, but I still don't know what they're going to say or what they're going to do when I get to the sure. chapter. It's still fun. So, of course. Well, thank you, everyone. This was this was fun. Uh, 
getting like I feel like I've talked out like my ideas and helped me like to get the plotting better instead of just getting some feedback. So I appreciate that. Thank you. Yay. Yeah. All right. So All right, here's here. Uh, mine. Yeah. Okay. Is are these characters we've met before or no? Or do you not no. want to tell us? Okay. Mm -mm. Uh, so I don't know how many of the words I used. Not all of them. Okay. Okay. <clears throat> I have always wanted to be brave. When the teacher in class would show the picture books depicting one young child standing up for the other, I knew I could never be that kind of boy. When Papa would read stories about the gorillas in faraway lands, I would marvel that anyone would risk their life for a concept as obscure as home and country. Hmm. My cowardice hid in the shadows the rest of the time, and I maneuvered through life with a puffed out chest and a chip on my shoulder, tall enough and big enough to keep the other boys from ever challenging me to prove that I was as much of a man as I feigned to be. The dance I danced with my quivering, insecure, real self was hindered by this wall I put between us, the wise cracks and body speeches I gave stacking like bricks over the years. The wall came tumbling down, however, on a dreary, bleary December morning when a hungover, strung-out piece I'd been dating extended a hand to me while she vomited into my bachelor dirty commode. In that bony white claw was clenched something I could not see. With another dry heave, she flung it in my direction and it clattered onto and skittered across the floor, spinning to a standstill near my two long toenails. A pregnancy test. Positive, of course. If I'd ever been brick solid, I was just as equally jellified as my slow-to-comprehend brain processed what this meant. Of course, I wanted to believe Trina, for it turned out that was the little trick's name, though I'd been calling her Tina for the duration of our months-long liaison, had gotten with another guy, that this burden she'd laid at my feet was someone else's to carry. But I knew. If you've ever been there, you know that I knew. The fear drove me from the house, drove me to my bike. My bike drove me for miles as I came to a reckoning with the coward I'd hid behind bottles and blunts and bravado for almost 30 years. My hands trembled against the bars. My stomach lurched and I pulled over to vomit, absently wondering if Trina and I were experiencing synchronized sickness. Mm. I've always wanted to be brave. I never knew that the road to get there was one encapsulated in a tiny plastic window and paved with two parallel purple lines. Wow, Jamie. I love this piece. I love, first of all, I love how he had this introspective personality. And at first I thought he was a little, a little boy, but I love that like he's an adult and that you're taking bravery not to be just like the bravado, but also like just brave enough to face reality and face, face life and, and be a man, like in ways that aren't like physically, uh, shown but in ways that like in your actions and i just oh my gosh so good because inside he is a little boy like even Absolutely. though he's an adult so like you wrote that so well because it, like the fact that i was confused at first i think is so well done because inside he is a little boy because he's not had to grow up and he wasn't been, hasn't been brave enough to grow up like i love love that you used brave that way oh my gosh um, and I agree with Shell. She says, bachelor, dirty, commode, incredible. Yes. Who would have ever, like, yes. Ugh. I totally, totally agree. Uh, Piper says, that was so good, Jamie. And Tina says, such a great character sketch. I agree. Like, I want, all right, so I want to know so much more about this guy. I want, like, I want to know what he chooses, but I also want to know why he's in the place that he is in his head. And I want to know, like, 
I just want to know more about him. But do you feel like the story is finished? Uh huh. Yeah, it's framed with I've always wanted to be brave. Yeah. And um, I think that you're kind of just left to wonder Mm -hmm. how did he become brave or what has this done or. Yeah. um, And those are the pieces that I like that Mm -hmm. um, you kind of have to fill in the blanks yourself, but you kind of see a direction or. And and like when he's telling the story, it's a past tense. Mm -hmm. Right. And so like, what, so does he even think he's brave now? Like, Mm, so these, I, I like pieces that evoke that kind of discussion. So I would say that this is like, I might edit it up to make it Mm -hmm. squeaky clean, but I don't think I would want this to be more than what it is as far as the content. That's why you're the queen of writing short, honestly, because you're, everything you said is true. Like you this shouldn't be any more than what it is. But the fact that I want more, but you're letting me as the reader, like ask those questions and maybe even fill it in with my own imagination. That's why it makes for such a great short story. You know, I appreciate I love Friday. Michelle <laughs> says so poetic and so many shiny turns of phrase agreed. Um, Tina says, I'm not a man, obviously, but I wonder how many men really feel secretly terrified when they act otherwise. Uh, agreed. Piper says, just that phrase is enough to turn the stomach, LOL. (laughs) Trina, which turned out to be her name, even though he'd been calling her Tina. Sad and funny at the same time. Agreed. And then Barbara says, good pieces, both of you. Thanks for sharing. Oh, thanks, Barbara. We appreciate you. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Appreciate you a lot. I appreciate all of our uh, listeners. And I I really do like all of the positive and encouraging feedback. And Mm -hmm. I want y'all to have some too. So go ahead and take a stab at our writing sprint and set your timer for 15 minutes and then come on over and share it in the Facebook group or just send a link to it. Put it on your writer blog so that there are some writing samples for people to get a feel for your voice and how you write. It might help you sell some books. Agreed. We'd love to see you over there. The link is in the show notes. <laughs> Tina, you are not the inspiration for the character <laughs> in my story. Like, I don't mean that in a mean way, but like, have no fear, I guess is what I mean. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So now we do what's next. We'd love to know what's next for all of y'all in the chat. Or again, head over to the Facebook group and post about what's next for you. But what's next for you, uh, Jen? Well, I have one week left, one and a half weeks, I guess, before my girls technically go back to school, like start doing homeschooling again. Um, and so um, I don't know what it's going to look like for the next week and a half because we have a lot of things planned to try to like soak up the last days of summer. Um, but I'm still working through my edits uh, slowly but surely. Um, but it's, it's getting good. I got some really good feedback from my editor. She's really, really great. So um, looking forward to getting that done. So just editing minded. Also, after writing today, I really want to get into doing some more outlining of this next book. And I have the, um, like the, my isolation booth right here. And I'm looking at it. <laughs> and it's like, I have a lot of blanks where I just wrote like, wise sage moment. Like, <laughs> just so that I know I do something there. So like, I, uh, I got a lot of work to do. So I'm actually excited about doing that. But I gotta get this other book edited first. 
So that's what's up with me or what's next. What's next for you, Jamie? Um, trying not to be afraid of next Friday when I'm actually getting critique for something that I wrote instead of only compliments, because I like the only compliments part better <laughs> than, um, but no, in all seriousness, I've got to say, because what I ended up submitting as chapter one of my, um, novel, and I really love this book and I really love these characters mm -hmm. and even it's, it's been a year since I considered it done. So talk mm -hmm. about walking away. Right. And um, I just am so excited about the prospect of really delving back into writing in general. Um, mm -hmm. I have 10 weeks left on my course that I'm doing that has been the focus of all of the time I would have spent writing. So, mm -hmm. um, and, and we're moving into learning some things that might come easier to me. So the time to invest in writing is hopefully just around the corner. Um, but in the meantime, still got my nose to the grindstone with my class and um, looking to see what the future holds in just so many areas of my personal life as really uh, things kind of are coming to a head in that way. And so mm -hmm. it's actually a pretty tumultuous time. So mm -hmm. prayers are appreciated as I move through it because dang it, I've become a really strong person mm -hmm. over the past year, but um, it's stormy seas that make strong sailors. Agreed. And that Absolutely. felt very supported by this community and um, all of the people who I have known from writing. And so I'm so glad that I still have the podcast and I still have a writing career to come back to. Can't wait getting very excited. And I want you to know that you are loved and that I personally am so proud of you. And to see the woman that you are today, knowing you for these years that I've known you, you are an inspiration to me. And I just want you to know that you do have my prayers and that God's got this. I appreciate you. Thanks for saying that. That's very meaningful. Thanks, Jen. I do. Tina says we love you, Jane. We absolutely do. So... Thanks, guys. All right. So I think we kind of covered it all. Does uh, I? Oh, Tina's got a what's next in the chat. Oh. Her mom asked if she was good at painting, not creative painting either. Jen's good at painting. Fly her out. Yeah, there you go. Uh, she mentioned having to go buy some sandpaper. Yikes. I'm 50-ish and having chores again. You mean it's not all plums and... <laughs> you gotta pay you gotta pay for the uh beautiful scenery and the plum picking and so looks like tina's gonna have some chores mm -hmm. and i think we got all the what's next again head over to the facebook group to let us know what's next for you and uh other than that this uh means that that concludes this episode of the christian indie writers podcast so until next week May your pen be prolific. May your deadlines be met. And may all of your words honor Christ. Bye now. Bye, everyone.